Well, hello again, Pastor Brown from Akron Lions Fellowship. So good that you could be with us, and I hope that we're able to uh, share some things that would somehow grasp your interests and uh, cause you to think and to be willing to really search the scriptures of God to see if they be so. Um, we want to share some things with you, but uh, I know the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you too. And that's who we want to speak to you. He has to be the main teacher here. Uh, the focus has to be on what he is saying, not so much on what I'm saying. So I'm hoping that even as what is being said, the Holy Spirit will somehow speak to each and every one of you. That's the prayer that you would hear from him. So let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you, Lord. For your loving kindness unto us. And thank you, O God, for being willing to teach us, your people. For we have much to learn. Help us not to be ashamed of the gospel. Help us, Lord, to know how to rightly divide your word and to use your word against the gainsayers, those who would attack your word, who would attack our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, to be able to repel them by your word. Not by worldly weapons, but by the only weapon we have, really, your word and prayer. So minister to us, Lord, and allow those who hear, allow your Holy Spirit to minister to them. And we'll give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever come to a place with people that you would say, there's no use talking to them anymore? Um, they're not listening. Um, you could talk to your blue in the face, but they won't change. Well, I want to give you two or three scriptures that, in a sense, the Holy Spirit stops speaking to us also. And um, the title of our message is, The Holy Spirit Must Do the Convicting. And when one is going to be convicted of something or to be corrected or change their mind, they have to be willing to listen. And the Holy Spirit is not going to force you to listen. That comes along with free will. Um, God has made us a promise to him who he has begun a good work in, he will continue to work. So that's a promise to the one who has said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Uh, be my Lord. Be my Savior. To the one who has not prayed that or asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord or come into their life, who have not repented of their sin, the Holy Spirit works with every individual. But it also comes to a point in which that work ceases. God knows the very heart of man. And God knows those who are never, 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 never going to accept him or believe on him. And you say, well, why go through all this witnessing stuff? If you understand what takes place in Revelation, we're all judged. But unless God allows this thing to play out, he really couldn't judge us justly. By allowing it to play out, in a sense, 
one day you will never be able to stand before God and say, I didn't know that you were trying to reach me. I didn't know. And God will be able to say, I tried to speak with you. I tried to talk to you. I tried to change your mind. But you would not have none of it, nor would you believe it. No matter what I did, you wouldn't accept it. And there are people like that that will not accept the Word of God or whatever God does in their life. They just will not accept it. They're going to hold to what their philosophy is. They're going to hold to what they believe, uh, even at the detrimentary of themselves. And they do destroy themselves. It is not God that sends anyone to hell. He has made it possible for every individual not to go to hell. It's the person's choice to go to hell. And, and let's clarify that a little bit. Hell is only a separation from God. It's a separation from heaven, from being with God. And that's the choice that individuals make. Either to be with God or to be away from God. And there's only those two places that God has in eternity. Heaven and hell. Now, who might be one of the individuals or people or character of people who the Holy Spirit will no longer really work with? Uh, go to Romans chapter 1. And I want to pick up in verse 21 in Romans 1. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became fruitful, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, and there's our downfall, the flesh of man wants to claim to be wise and to know everything when he knows very little. And the reality is, we know very little about this universe, about this world, about all God's creation. We know very, very little. It's not even a drop in the bucket our intellect, our knowledge of what we think we know. But God knows it all. He knows it all. Every heartbeat, every thought, God knows it. He says, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. All that he's telling us there is this. We replace the living God with something else. Something that is tangible for us. Something we can see. Uh, uh, something that we can understand. 
as long as we live on this side of heaven, we will never understand God and his ways and what he does and his work. We'll never understand him. And if I can understand God, God would be in danger maybe. If man could understand God and every move that God was going to make and how God did this and how God did that and how powerful God really is, if we really understood everything about God, we might be trying to dethrone him, remove him. So we have very little knowledge. But we have enough knowledge because God has made it possible that we could have knowledge of him. Enough knowledge to know how to live in a manner that is pleasing to him and to know that we need his son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. God gives us enough knowledge and enough understanding to accept that if we're willing to do so. And that's that free will. He won't force us. We're the one who has to explore, search it out, see it, and then accept the truth that God has given he says then in that verse 24, Therefore God gave them over in sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurities for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. What took place? You again put something else in God's place. You put a lie there rather than accepting the truth in which the Holy Spirit is going to share with you. And he says, boy, we changed the truth of God for a lie. And worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. At some point, those who God have given over in the simple desires of their hearts, at some point now the Holy Spirit stops trying to persuade them and convince them of truth, of what God has said. And he allows them to follow their own destruction. He allows them to believe a lie. And we have to understand that the fathers of lies is Satan. Satan wants to keep us in darkness Satan wants to continue to blind us to truth. Satan is the one who hinders our believing in Jesus Christ. As the Holy Spirit will convict us. Because what the Holy Spirit is going to do is use facts. He's going to use these facts that we can understand and process that we can make a sound decision when we ask the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts and to save us it's not by chance but it's by 
using this mind, this brain, this intellect that God has given unto us to understand this word and what it is to be a sinner and to be saved by the grace of God. He didn't give us this brain just to put it up in here. He gave it to us to use. Many people will tell you, God didn't give you your mind for nothing. And they're right. He expects us to use this mind, use this brain to understand him in light of what he has given unto us through his word. So that's the number one person. God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. God has allowed them to go ahead and believe what they want to believe. And the Holy Spirit now no longer deals with them. Because they're just going to live out their desires and understand this. Life is very short. So it won't be long. It won't be long. Now I want you also go over to 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 1 through 3. I said First Peter, I mean First Timothy. Go to First Timothy, chapter four, and we're going to look at one through three. There's the characteristics of this second person. The first person, they wanted to believe a lie. They wanted to change the image of God, and they wanted to uh, do this and do that and worship those things that were created by God rather than accepting the truth. Now, here's the other person that the Holy Spirit at some point sees working with. Once you pick up with me in First Timothy chapter 4, let's start at verse 1. He says, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith, whether that be people in the church or that be the society as a whole. And what we're seeing in our society is that people are abandoning Christian values. They are abandoning the Word of God. They're they're not accepting it in any form, way, or shape anymore. And it's becoming more and more difficult to speak to people about Jesus Christ or biblical truths. They already have their own minds made up. But they have to ask this question. What are the facts? Uh, What are the truths that I'm really dealing with? And he says, the Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. Now catch that. These will be individuals who are going to follow deceiving spirits who have taught them. Whether it be true or not, they haven't searched it out. But they may think they have some higher teaching, some higher truth. And he says, they abandon the real truth for a lie. Find deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, If you're going to allow something else to teach you other than the Holy Spirit, 
then the Holy Spirit at some point allows you to go ahead and be taught or follow that lie or that deceptiveness that is set forth by a demonic spirit. And he says, such teaching comes through hypocritical liars whose conscience has been seared as one as with a hot iron. Now, their conscience have been seared. Holy Spirit is in dealing with them. So they cannot speak truth to any of us or share truth with any of us. So the only one who can really share truth with us is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. This Spirit or this person, their mind and consciousness have been seared and they are believing what they believe so much that they're teaching others and they're allowing themselves to be used by a demonic force. At some point, the Holy Spirit stops trying to reach that person. Third person that we need to take a look at or the attitudes is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 9. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiveness, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, teachers, no, I'm sorry, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. The Holy Spirit's going to work with them, but at some point, there's a stopping point because they're not going to hear, they're not going to listen. Why? They're going to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of who? Of God. There will be nothing in their heart for the things of God. And at that point, the Holy Spirit will release them to their own thinking, their own destruction. He will no longer try to convince them of their unrighteousness or to share this truth with them. And as you go on in this passage, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having have nothing to do with them. They have a form of godliness. They are spiritual type people. They are talking about God and God this and God that. But the name that is left out is Jesus Christ. You can hear a lot of people talk a lot of spiritual stuff. But if you don't hear Jesus, be cautious. Because Jesus is the Savior. There's no other way to come to the Father but by Jesus Christ. No other way. And yet we have a lot of spiritual stuff out here today. And a lot of false teaching. And when you don't hear Jesus, you want to be very, very cautious. Secondly, if you do hear Jesus, make sure it lines up with Scripture. 
It's just not a name dropping, but it is lining up with what Scripture says. Because Jesus speaks only what the Father has taught him to speak. And the Holy Spirit comes to testify about Jesus. Neither one is going to lie. So therefore we can check it out within Scripture itself. Because they're not going to mislead us. They're going to speak truth to us. God is not a liar, nor does he have need to lie. He is not a man. He's going to speak truth to us. And he goes on, he says... They are the kind who warm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women. And I'd like to just share here, not just weak-willed women, but weak-willed men. There's a lot of men who are weak-minded. And when I'm saying weak-minded, they have no understanding or knowledge of the Word of God. They have no knowledge of God's word. Whether you be male or female, if you don't have knowledge of God's word, if you don't have knowledge of his scripture, you are a weak-minded person and you're gullible. And uh, Satan can take control and he can lead you down the wrong path. And he goes on and he simply says, boy, they are the kind who warm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kind of evil desires. Always learning. People can always be learning. I love to read books. And I read quite a bit. Not everything I read is about Christianity. Some of it is uh, against Christianity because I want to know how the unbeliever is also thinking. He said they're always learning, but catch this now, but never able to acknowledge the truth. If you cannot acknowledge the truth of what the Holy Spirit is sharing with you, you will be eternally lost. If you do not acknowledge the truth that the Holy Spirit gives to you, and he allows you to search it out, he allows you to check it out, you can look at the Bible and look at life. And when you compare just life, a non-believer's life with what Scripture says, you'll see what happens in that person's life is written in the Word of God. When you check out a Christian's life, and you see how they're blessed and how they're really living. Now, I'm not saying somebody who's just a nominal Christian, somebody who's just saying they're a Christian. I'm talking about someone who is born from above, who loved the Lord Jesus Christ, who is devoted to this book, who is in this book. You'll see their life line up with the book because of the power of the Holy Spirit, not because of the individual but because of the power that is working within them, who is teaching them truth, and they're willing to accept truth and to align their life with truth. And he says they're always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men opposed the truth. Now, 
there are those that are out there today. Sometimes they're called atheists, agnostics. There are those out there that oppose the truth. God's word is able to stand up against anything that comes against it, any argument that comes against it. Why? One is the argument of man. The other is the argument of God. And I don't care how wise or how intelligent an individual may be. Without faith and believing this word, even the wines can be made, or the most intelligent person can be made to look foolish by this word. I don't have the greatest vocabulary. I'm not the best English speaking individual. I'm not a charismatic speaker. I'm, uh, I'm none of those things per se. And many pastors are not. But when we speak this word, it is not us that is speaking. It is the power of God that goes forth. And God has not made me a promise. He's made himself a promise. That if his word goes out, it will not return to him void. God made himself that promise. His word will accomplish what he so desires. I don't care how intelligent another individual may be. This word will silence the gainsayer or the most intelligent person who comes against it. And he simply says there, these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds, who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected. Those are individuals that the Holy Spirit no longer work with. Because they will not accept truth. I pray that you're not one of those individuals. Now if I can just spend a couple of minutes with you over in John chapter 16 and verse 8 because that's what we're going to truly want to focus on. It says in that verse 8 it says when he comes who's the he? The Holy Spirit. When he comes he will convict the world of guilt in regards of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And we'll be taking those three things later on, but I just want to speak for the next couple of minutes on this word convict. The word convict is found in different translations and defined differently. King James uses the word reprove. It's the same thing, convict. The Revised Standard Version uses the word convince, that you're convincing somebody. Same word. The New English Bible, it is to confute, to show the wrong in something. 
in the common English Bible, it simply says, use the word in this fashion to show the world it was wrong. To show the world it was wrong. Convict is to prove a person or their statement or their view to be in error. To convict is to prove that a statement is wrong or a view is wrong. And that is false. And the purpose of conviction by the Holy Spirit is to make one's argument useless. So we have this argument oftentimes up here in our head. And we're battling with the Holy Spirit over what is right, what is sin, what is judgment. And he's going to deal with us in order that we might be able to understand righteousness, that we understand what this sin really is about, or this one sin that will cause us to go to hell. And then the judgment. And he says, he's going to convict us. Now, God gave us all a brain and this mind to use it, and he wants us to search it out. And this is where oftentimes we form our arguments from, from up here, from our reading from this and reading from that and reading this this book, reading this book and reading a, another book. And, and we do a lot of reading, we do a lot of study, and we should, because we should be like the Bereans that we're going to search it out. To see how what is being argued lines up with scripture. God wants you to use this. He don't want you to put this to sleep. He doesn't want you to just believe what Pastor Brown says or what this other pastor says or what this person is saying or what this group is saying. He wants you to hear, but then he wants you to search it out in scripture for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to convict you and to convince you that this is true. See, human arguments are going to come. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and we see it in 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 21. We form, and, and God says, where are your wise men? Where are those men of wisdom? Where are those men of intellect? Because when it comes to God's word, and the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to stand. With your human reasoning. Your human rationale. With only your human knowledge. You're not going to be able to stand. Against God's word. Now people need to know. Who they are arguing against. When you speak to someone of biblical truths and of scripture, you're not arguing against that individual. You're arguing against the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the Word of God. And we need to understand that. Now, I'm going to close with these two verses here. And I hope somehow they kind of sink in for you. In John fifteen twenty six, 
uh, let's go there. He says, when the counselor comes, or when the advocate comes, again, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. Now, once you catch his title, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. He will testify about me. The Holy Spirit is going to teach us everything about Jesus and everything Jesus has said. And he's going to remind us of everything that Jesus has said. Yes, he's going to remind us of what Peter said, Paul said, because it all comes under that area of what God would have us to know. And the Holy Spirit, that title, the Spirit of Truth, He's not going to lie to us. He's going to speak truth to us. And then I want you to catch in John 16, in verse 12. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. That Jesus had so much to say to his disciples, but he knew they were not yet ready for it. It was not time for it. There's no use trying to teach somebody in second grade what they ought to be learning in junior high school or high school. They're, they're not ready for it. They're not mature enough for it. Uh, they haven't learned the basis yet. And he says, there's one who's coming that's going to further your education concerning the things of me. He's going to further your education concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He's going to further your education in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. Now look at verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Not only will he just testify about Jesus Christ. He's going to guide me into all the truth that God desires for us to know. Oh, my dear friend. If we could truly understand all that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. There's so much for us to learn. But oftentimes we think we've already learned it all. And like I said earlier, it's not even a drop in the bucket. There's so much more to know about our God. There's so much more to know about Jesus Christ. There's so much more to know how to live this Christian life in the power of the resurrected Lord and in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So much more. And I have to confess to you, I'm one of those that fall short. I'm a slow learner. I'm a hard-headed learner because sometimes I have to learn the lessons two or three times before I get it. 
I had to go back over and read it again and again and again and I'm asking all kind of questions about it. I don't have enough time in this lifetime to learn everything I would want to learn. But God has given me enough to live for Him. To love Him. To know where I'm going. To know the one who has saved me. To know the one who indwells me and who really educates me. He's given me enough. And he's given you enough. If you want it. God wants to teach us. He wants to open this up. And when he opens this up, he'll deal with this. God wants you to know him. And I pray that you have a desire to know God. May God bless you and may God keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he bless you each and every day. May you learn to walk with him because he wants to walk with you. Amen. Well, God bless you and God keep you. And we'll pick back up again on this study of the Holy Spirit and his convicting power. Because we just want to stay with it and we want the Holy Spirit to convince us of truth. To show us God's truth and teach us that we may walk in the truth as he is in the truth. As he walks in the light, we can walk in the light. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.